This is the Saxo Market Call. Daily insights on what is moving the financial markets. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It's Friday 25th of November 2022, day after Thanksgiving, as you can perhaps hear from my voice. Um, yeah, all we can do is reiterate, we're really into some critical uh, resistance here in the U.S. equity market. I, I zoomed out to the chart today on slide two just to emphasize where we are from the very top there in late 2021 or actually early 2022 if it's the S&P 500. The, um, we've talked a little bit about the 61.8% retracement of that local sell-off wave coming in uh, around 4,000 or just uh, below that. And that's where we've interacted uh, with uh, lately. But if you zoom out, it's also the 38.2% retracement of the entire sell-off from the, the the all-time market top and the 200-day moving average coming up. You saw how uh, that coincided with the highs back in August. So just a really critical uh, resistance zone. I think thematically it's interestingly uh, interesting here as well as it seems the market is just almost a, has a one-dimensional focus on the fact that the Fed's uh, tightening is seen as decelerating. We saw the FOMC minutes kind of confirming that. And the market starting to mark the, the further out contracts into 2024, late 2024, and especially 2025 for a significant Fed uh, loosening. Uh, so, you know, in anticipation of a recession, obviously, and lower inflation. So uh, interesting to see, because as we've talked about, once we get into a recessionary focus, which uh, is likely coming in coming months, that tends to coincide with market concern, not market celebration. So, uh, Peter, you're a, a bit grumpy today because not much is going on, but um, <laughs> saying you don't have much to add, but uh, there is not a whole lot to add uh, from the day to day with uh, the U.S. markets closed yesterday. Exactly. But on the other hand, I didn't celebrate Thanksgiving yesterday, apparently yelling with my family. So my voice is uh, doing quite <laughs> fine. Um, but yes, it's it's true. It's a very quiet equity session with the U.S. out of the picture yesterday. Just lingering here, just below that 200-day moving average. Um, no real direction or, or signal in the theme baskets. I think the only thing I would point to going into this session today is the, uh, the news from Reuters coming out of China that the um, the very large uh, Foxconn factory that is producing the majority of, of global uh, iPhone production has according according and these are not identified. So it's it's based on the uh, on on information that, that Reuters have gathered. It has not been confirmed yet, but up to around maybe twenty thousand of new workers have left the factory, and internal uh, estimates of production have uh, indicating that they expect production to be down thirty percent compared to the target, which is obviously not very good for Apple as the you know this late you know the the, the last half of November and all of December is the two or the six most critical weeks for uh, for this company in terms of uh, of sales in its hardware business, more specifically the iPad and iPhone business. So that, that that's I think is something a story that will be evolving today if that's uh, it's confirmed. Yeah, somebody on Twitter said uh, it's it's kind of strange when you have the uh, world's most profitable product and it's being produced by people that are living in so-called dormitories uh, in China. Uh, what is I, I don't know. I think the PR is pretty bad for Apple's as well. I'm surprised it hasn't been they've been haven't been taking more of a hit on that front. Uh, and before I get over to you, Ola, on on commodities, just want to emphasize what we've talked a little bit about to, here recently, and that is that we're coming into this um, uh, December month uh, next week with financial conditions at their easiest that they've been since May. So we can see on slide three there, that's the Chicago Fed financial conditions on the left. It's only updated weekly. So the, the next, uh, we'll do a weekly data point here, but given where we are with uh, many conditions uh, easing up here, 
I don't suspect it's going uh, uh, up. It's going down and down is easier. And then just uh, just another adding a little bit to the spin on the U.S. market and where we are uh, on the right there. I've graphed the uh, weekly S&P index with the candlesticks there with the VIX index. And we're getting to a remarkable trough here close to the 20 level. We have dipped slightly below that on the last couple of occasions uh, or around that level. And that coincided with a very significant bear market rally uh, tops. That's not to say history is going to repeat exactly. It's just that we are getting towards pivotal levels, very complacent levels on something like uh, volatility. Uh, but uh, I want to jump over to you because uh, pretty pretty downbeat action in the crude oil market uh, here yesterday, or at least in the last couple of sessions. What's your take there? And, and what are you looking at for next steps in commodities? Well, I think we're basically uh, asking the question as we head into 23, uh, whether the, uh, whether who's going to win. Uh, is it going to be the recession or is it going to be the tight supply? Uh, that clearly will be one of the battlegrounds uh, that the commodity sector will see uh, being played out uh, next year. Um, we've had a bit of a, a warning on the on the uh, growth front again this week with with the uh, with the, uh, the developments in China, which we can only assume it will continue to be a temporary uh, development. So we will see a pickup and a recovery in China next year, and that will potentially happen uh, happen at a time where we we see an increased risk, as you mentioned, John, about a of a recession. At least the the, the U.S. Treasury market is screaming a recession right now, uh, given the 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 very high level of inversions we're seeing across the curve in the oil market um yeah trading on the low end uh down for a third week in a row and uh, it is the it is a china story that's uh that's uh, uh attracting most of the attention i put in the monster date performance table here on on slide five and as you can see it's, it's a very mixed uh picture this month but generally we got the the commodity index uh, trading up by close to three percent so uh so despite all the doom and gloom the market is is generally higher uh it does obviously help when we have the dollar uh weaker and we got bond yields uh, trading low as well during the same time that has been supporting uh precious metals which is uh second best performing sector this month but uh, as you can see it's 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 a very mixed bag and uh at, at the top of the, the table we have uh we have something like gas prices uh, which in the u.s is uh is has moving has been moving higher again we got cold weather coming and i think the the same story goes for europe and this is um that's why i put in on slide uh, seven just the 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 gas price in europe once again we also we looked at it again uh looked at it earlier in the week as well but uh just we 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 have a we have a very cold uh weather coming into uh hitting the region uh in in early december the insert there is basically showing the temperature relatively to the seasonal average. So it's not only showing cold, it's showing, obviously showing that it's going to be colder than, than normal. Uh, so we will have an increased uh, pick, uh, increased demand for, for gas during that time. And that's really when we're going to see the uh, the resilience of this market, uh, test how that how that uh, how resilient the market is. But uh, for for now, it, the market is trading very very calm. The, the the February contract, which is the peak winter demand contract, is only seven euros above the current December contract. So so uh, for now, no panic in the market, but uh, the market will be tested uh, tested soon. Yeah, I guess that's the storage story. That uh, even with colder than normal weather coming. I guess there are enough LNG ships uh, standing by and uh, storage full. I suppose there would have to be a persistently uh, drawn out period of excessive cold before that becomes uh, becomes an issue. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then you're uh, looking at um, a, a bigger, a longer term look at some of these PGEs. So uh, uh, platinum and palladium over yep. the coming year here on slide six. Take us through what your uh, focus is there. 
Well, it's it's a time of year where we get uh, where we get uh, updates and uh, people are looking ahead to the looking forward to the year ahead. I just listened in on the uh, World uh, Platinum Investment Council's uh, quarterly update earlier this week, and uh, and uh, just uh, together with some of the other research notes coming in, there is a general uh, uh, improving uh, sentiment towards uh, platinum. Uh, platinum has been uh, trailing palladium for uh, for a couple of years, as you can see on the on the slide on slide six it's also been trading at a discount to gold for a number of years uh, currently around 765 dollars below after having hit a discount of a thousand dollars a couple of months ago uh, but generally the, uh, the 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 combination of of uh, robust demand uh, not only from from uh, kind of, uh, converters but also uh, some diesel uh, change in the diesel uh, mandates in, in china basically requiring more more platinum for the diesel engines um and the uh, the fact that we got a supply uh, got an outlook for for a negative supply um in the coming years with with uh, with production struggling to keep up with demand that's basically underpinning the price so um just basically throwing it out there that we this year or next year potentially could be the time where we could see quite a bit of a contraction between in the spread between uh, platinum and palladium yeah interesting as time goes on that uh, use of those metals in the catalytic converters in autos when you won't need that with uh, the emergence of electric vehicles once they take up a significant percentage of the automobile fleet and also just remember also just uh, forgot to mention the hydrogen economy which is uh, also platinum dependent so uh, so that's oh, okay. a new, that's a new strong source of uh, demand that <laughs> uh, that will emerge over the over the coming years okay interesting uh, all right you mentioned the dollar a little bit there on uh, the impact on into commodities and just as we are at key levels in the equity market in terms of resistance we're at key support levels in terms of the US dollar i think those two are closely linked uh, here and uh, we can see something like the dollar index closing in on that 200-day moving average, and we've actually teased above the 200-day moving average for euro dollar, uh, as you can see on slide four, that 104 plus area, uh, the nominal high around 104.80. So we haven't gotten there. Um, I think this is all one sort of uh, the whole one-dimensional focus on the Fed tightening and uh, complacency around that is is similar to the the focus for the dollars here. So a big test, I think, next week with the first really key data uh, for for the cycle, uh, November cycle coming in, as I'll talk about briefly on the uh, macro calendar in a bit. And then I would just pull out on the terms of the trend readings that the the Chinese renminbi remains a very interesting one with this uh, even weaker levels than the U.S. dollar, a very weak U.S. dollar. You can say the two are closely linked, and they often have been in the past, but I just find that an interesting signal relative to the broader market. And uh, on the strong side, that sterling continuing to just really surprise. I think it is the pain trade here with the dollar weakening and uh, complacency after a very large speculative short was, uh, was developed there and has apparently yet to be fully eliminated. I don't think there's a really strong positive story. I just think this is a sort of draining of the positioning because there's no immediate catalyst for uh, new, uh, you know, sterling weakness. So we're just sort of neutralizing back to where we were some months back. Key test, though, ahead, we have the 200-day moving average coming up for the uh, sterling versus the dollar as well. Um, yeah, so Peter, we have uh, uh, earnings coming up, I assume, next week, but we'll, we'll take a look at that on Monday. Uh, for today, let's just look at the calendar highlights, and there really is nothing today. Just a reminder that uh, the market closes three hours early in New York. Next week, as mentioned, the first key stuff from the U.S. for the November data cycle. We have that ISM manufacturing up on Thursday. 
We have that tardy uh, PCE inflation data point as well on Thursday. And then on Friday, we have uh, November ch- uh, change in non-farm payrolls, average hour earnings, all the good stuff that we always look forward to. Interesting to see how the market reacts if this is beginning to tilt more in favor of uh, you know, or confirming the market's adjustments towards at least an easing off of the economic data. And of course, a big challenge to the market <clears throat> if it's showing uh, resilience for now. Uh, and 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 that uh, wouldn't I, I don't think that really fits well with how the market is pricing things. Do note, Fed Chair Powell is also out speaking uh, midweek next week. All right, with that, we're going to say uh, farewell for today, and we'll be back next week with the Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com. <laughs>